Hey, Night Owls. This is Krista. And this is Rachel. And this is also, isn't it past your bedtime? I don't know why I said that so fast, but I'm on it sounds my good like that. Yeah, that's fine. Like Anyways, that. this week, because it is officially fall. Yes. Mm-hmm, and who better than to get, get you into the spooky season than Stephen King? Or Steph King, as Rocky Flintstone likes to call him, because apparently they're besties. So we have Steph King here. Steph King in the house. It's precious that his short name for Steven is Steph. <laughs> mm-hmm, right? Yeah. I love him more now. <laughs> I know, right? And I don't know that he ever actually, like, has actually met Stephen King. I don't know. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, uh, the podcast, My Dad Wrote a Porno, which is also technically a book podcast as well. You should check it out. It's hilarious. Agreed. Anyway, anyways. So yeah, so we each picked a Stephen King book this week. I picked, this is Krista, I picked Carrie, which have you, did you ever read Carrie, Rachel? I never read it, but I've seen like all of the Stephen King movies, but I've actually never oh. read any books. So this was like something that my heart was ready for, but I've it only, also wasn't. <laughs> I think I've only seen two Stephen King movies. See, that's why I think this pairing is very interesting, because you are reading them before you're seeing them, and I'm reading them, but I've already seen them, like, mm-hmm. decades ago, to be yeah. fair. It's not like I saw them recently, but, like, I've seen them. Like, I know what the story is. Yeah. I was originally going to do Pet Cemetery, mm. um, but then my boyfriend, who has been reading Stephen King since elementary school, was like, no, you should do Carrie. You need to start with Carrie. He probably said it, like, four times, and I was like, fine. I will start with Carrie. And I'm glad I did because it was actually a really quick read, like in Stephen King terms. Granted, I mean, it's only like 290 pages, but it was kind of one of those books where I'm reading it and I've been reading for like, I don't know, an hour, but it felt like it's been 10 minutes and you've just like flown through the book. Really? Yeah. Like I read it um, on my lunch breaks, which I only get 30 minutes. And then I think like maybe a total of like two hours sitting. So like, four hour maybe like it's definitely you could bust out in a day super easy you didn't read it in bed that's blasphemy no i did last night actually last oh night? once just once yeah i think yeah i finished it i finished the last like 100 pages reading it in bed so that All counts right. i'll allow you a pass okay phew just um, this time <laughs> anyways so carrie is about the main character named surprise surprise carrie what uh caretta white and uh so her mom is like super bananas religious like weird religious of um only sinners grow breasts and if you don't sin you won't get your period and so carrie is 17 years old and never had a menstrual cycle which if you haven't had one by 16, you're supposed to go see a doctor. Yeah, it's like, not good. That's like a thing that they like teach you about in health classes. Like, it's I like remember those like, men that think you get your period because your diet's poor. Like that's just like not yeah. how that works, y'all. 
Yeah. So she's in the shower at school because I mean this book was written a bajillion years ago where they still like shower openly and stuff at school um and she gets her first period and she's not been taught about it at all she has no idea what the hell is happening so she's dying i'm sure yeah so she literally thinks she's bleeding to death so of course she like freaks out as i'm pretty sure almost anybody would and all the girls being evil mean girls start throwing pads and tampons at her and like chanting like plug it up plug it up so just like yeah, so that's how the book starts, which is just like, you're like, okay, that's yeah. That's horrible. We're in here now. Um, and then what's also really interesting about the book is that it kind of jumps around a lot. So um, also I want to, so I'm only, I'm going to only tell part of the book because I don't want to like spoil it for anybody who hasn't read it. This book uh, is like 40 years old. Who has not known what happens in Carrie. I'm sorry if you don't know what's happened in Carrie. I'm just well, surprised. So the only thing that I knew about Carrie, like going into it, that I had like heard about the movie because I'd never seen the movie either, was that it's about Carrie and she has some kind of like supernatural pa- like powers. She gets a bunch of blood dropped on her and mm. she freaks out. And I like I was like, I don't know, maybe she kills people. Maybe she doesn't kill people. I have no idea. But that's that's fair. Those are the main plot points that would make sense for people who haven't read or seen Carrie to know what Carrie was about. Yeah. So that's all I knew about it. Um so the book like jumps back and forth between like Carrie's point of view and then this person is writing like an article or a paper or something about it. So then it kind of jumps to that. And so they do a lot of research mm. into telekinesis or the TK gene. Um, and so a lot in of it book? is talked in the book. Yeah. So they're telling you, so it's like this guy is like writing this paper. It's called hmm. the shadow exploded. And I think it's to, actually, he might be writing a book. Um, but it's called The Shadow Exploded, and it's about the Carrie White incident, or in the, which ends up being called Black oh. Prom. So, Love that. Yeah. And so it, like, jumps around. So it'll be like, here are these things that happened, that we know happened, and here are these things that we know about telekinesis. And then um, one of the girls who ends up surviving Black Prom, um, she writes, uh, like, a letter in an art in a magazine or something called, like, I am Sue Sneal, or however the heck you say her last name. I don't actually know. How's it spelled? Um, that would require me to find S N E L L. I think so. Is Snell? I am Sue Snell. So yeah, I was like, I remember that name from the movie. <laughs> yeah. So um, so then yeah, then it'll jump to parts of that, hmm. and then um, after the incident, there was an entire like this whole investigation called the white commission into it where they like interviewed all of these people um about like the events leading up to prom night and like what happened and what they saw and stuff like that so then it cuts to parts of that interview in the book so it's like that's how it kind of like blends it all together because what happened when carrie what they also don't show in the movie or don't mention on in the movie because i did end up watching the movie today actually um so now i know i can talk about the movie too Uh, that's my next question yeah uh in the book they um it go it like cuts back to when carrie was three and she had like her first uh tk incident and that um she there was like this girl that lived uh there were neighbors and they could see over it was like a shorter fence and she could see over it and the girl liked to sunbathe Hmm. Uh, but her mom being carrie's mom being super 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 religious was just like oh my gosh she's sitting in front of my daughter she's gonna ruin my daughter i can see her boobs and she calls uh she calls boobs dirty pillows 
Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, horrible. It's terrible. And so uh, she freaks out on that girl's mom and that girl's mom is like, oh no. So she goes and buys her daughter this teeny tiny little two piece and it's like, here, <sighs> sunbathe in this. And the girl's like, cover your oh. boobs. She's like, I don't really want, well, no. So she used to a sunbathing in a one piece swimsuit. Mm. originally and so now the mom right right so now she's like here you go cover your boobs yeah like here are these teeny little two-piece go you set um and so then carrie goes out and is like staring at her this like three-year-old girl is just like staring at the neighbor and the mom like freaks out and like pulls carrie back inside and then carrie just like loses it basically and Mm. all of these stones come falling from the sky and they only hit uh the white's property like, it doesn't hit, like, anybody else's house, anybody else's anything. It just all does that. And so the mom is like, oh, my gosh. Um, but then nothing happens again with, her. like, basically after that, her abilities just, like, stop. The mom never brings it up again. And then she doesn't have any of these abilities until she's 17. Really? Yeah. So one of the studies that they did on the telekinesis in the book um, is that it says it's at puberty and within an emotional event can trigger it. And so that was both of them. She started puberty and then all the girls were being super mean to her and stuff. Um, The mom also has this closet when um, Carrie is being like bad or whatever that she goes and she locks her in this closet that has this really, really creepy Jesus in it. Like this (gasps) crucified Jesus and like makes her stay in there and pray forever. And like the mom just is like constantly just screaming like random different Bible verses and stuff like that. It's like a religious chokey from Matilda. Oh, yeah. How they would put them in the chokey. It's like mm-hmm. the religious version of the chokey. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. So. She's traumatized. No wonder Carrie's had it rough. Yeah. And like her entire like life growing up, all the kids always made fun of her. Like this wasn't a new thing. Oh. She was like always the butt of everybody's joke, um, which is why what people know about is when the blood gets dropped on her, she loses her shit. I would too, um, though. But yeah. So the whole reason. So it's. The whole reason she's even going to the prom is so Sue was one of the girls who was throwing pads and tampons at Carrie and she felt like terrible. She was the only one who actually like really had a conscious because the gym teacher was like, you guys all did a terrible, terrible thing. Um, She's like, I say that you should get three day suspension and not be allowed to go to prom. But -hmm. then the principal and stuff are like, nope, that's too mean. We're going to give them seven days of detention or five days of detention. But if they skip out on detention, then it's three-day suspension, and it's um, and they can't go to prom. Mm. And so, and like it's the detention is with the PE teacher, so she's just like making them like run and do push-ups and do like all basically just like kicking these girls' asses. Um, but then like the main prom. yeah, the main popular girl who was making fun of Carrie, her name is Chris, and she just like wasn't having it. And her dad's a lawyer and shit. And she's like, you're not going to get away with this. So she like ditches out on detention. And then the PE teacher is like, fine, you're not going to prom. And she was like, no, my dad's going to sue. And so she actually gets her dad to like go down and talk to the principal about like suing. And the principal is like, um, because since this is like back in the day where um, when your kids were in school, the principal and the teacher like the school had like ownership almost of your kid like they had like that's why they could like hit kids they're and like stuff. custody or whatever yeah and so the principal was like i mean yeah fine if you want to sue that's fine we'll just counter sue because your daughter like harassed and like abused like one of our pupils like one of our kids because we have custody over her 
So the dad mm-hmm. doesn't end up suing. And so Chris is like, because she was super entitled, it's like, oh my gosh, I am going to get back at Carrie. So what's the girl's name, Chris? Yeah, seriously. And so, um, yeah, so it was her idea to like get the blood and dump it on Carrie. And she like, I guess I'll, I guess I'm giving some spoilers. Most people, I guess, know this part about it. Still read the book because there's a bunch of like really smaller, way more. I'm sure things. there's so many amazing details mm-hmm. in this. Like having just read a Stephen King book myself, like I'm just imagining all the amazing detail he adds, and I just like yeah. I'm ready to read this book now. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and then she like, so oh yeah, so it's because Sue feels bad. She talks her boyfriend Tommy into asking. Um, I guess I don't know for sure their boyfriend girlfriend, but whatever they're together. Ask Tommy into asking Carrie to go to prom, oh, and then Sue's nice. gonna Sue's gonna stay home. And so at first Carrie's like, "Nope, they're just making fun of me. I'm not gonna do it." And then he finally talks her into it. She's like, "Okay, yeah, I'll go to prom." And so she Aww. like sews her own dress and she's like super beautiful and everyone's like oh my gosh i didn't even realize you're so beautiful and she's actually like makes jokes and people are like wow you're really funny carrie i didn't even know you could like i didn't know you were funny i never took the time before to speak to you yeah basically um and so she's just having like this great fucking time like literally if it wasn't for chris like her whole life turned right around in this moment here um all because sue had a conscious anyways um chris finds out that tommy and carrie are on the ballot for uh prom queen and king um mm-hmm. because how it worked was that like the boy got picked like people would like pick the boy and knows whoever the boy's date was became queen where like that my... seems off but okay i'll allow yeah. it because it's like the 70s yeah it was fun though when it came to like the king and queen there was actually like a bunch like no, i shouldn't say a bunch but like some characters were like this is stupid and it's sexist and this is like degrading to women and then the boys were like and it's degrading to men like so there's actually like a whole this whole one like coming where they're like this is dumb hmm. and they're like this would probably be the last year of king and queen so that was, I thought that was kind of cool. I kind of love that he threw that in there. That, like, uh-huh. makes me even more into this book. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, Chris basically, like, strong arms all of her friends. In, so, she can't go. But, like, beforehand, is like, because she figured out who's on the ballot. Because they don't tell you who's on the ballot until the night of prom when they hand you the ballot. I wonder she how told, she figured it out then. She, like, so one of her buddies was on prom committee. And she was like, just let me look around. Just let me look around. And her friend, being the loving that she is, was like, okay. And so she found the note on, like, the teacher's desk that, like, in a stack of papers. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I was like, it's like the 70s. It's not like somebody texted her. No, yeah. But, yeah, so they figured out who it was. And then she was dating this guy or sleeping with this guy. I don't know. But he rigged it up so that way the blood. He's the one who went and got him and his friends went and got all the blood for, like, killed these pigs to get this blood um because it's pig's blood for a pig it's like what he kept saying he's a freaking weirdo guy too um but yeah so then they like rig it to like drop the blood on top of her and like she like freaking snaps and so she just like goes on this whole like rampage and like i think it's like 400 and some odd people die in like by the end of like the one night in like a 12 hour span or something like that wow yeah but like in, yeah and like really tr- good true stephen king fashion it does the thing where it'll be like da, 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 da. it was nine fifteen, and like beforehand he'll like have mentioned that like this character dies at 11 so you're like oh okay it's nine fifteen, and now you're like 
Oh my gosh. Okay. It's 10, 12. It's 10, 12. We're coming up on it. Things are happening. Hmm. Um, so it's just one of those ones where it's just really, he does a really good job at stuff like that where you're just like, oh my, like, um, where, yeah. So like something happens at 10, 17 and then at the next one, it's like at 10 or 12, 10, still seven minutes before the gas main explosion because it was 12, 18. I said it wrong, but either way, he just does like a really good job at that. Um, but I absolutely recommend this book, like 100%, five out of five for Stephen King. It's also not scary. Like, I feel like after I had picked it and I was probably like a third or a quarter of the way in, I was like, I ended up reading something about it and somebody was saying it was a scary book and it's definitely not scary at all. Like there's no jumping. That's how I really felt too. Yeah. Like there's, some of Stephen King's books I do feel are scary, but I feel more of them are just like kind of fucked up and dark. And you're just like, oh, they're dark and they're kind of morbid and they're mm-hmm. a little gory in their description. Yeah. And they're like disturbing would be another good. Okay. Yeah. For disturbing, them. like uncomfortable, maybe. I've got yeah. a couple scenes dog eared that I'm going to mm. bring up. Because yeah. are you are you done with your book? Can I talk about my book? Yeah, I think I'm done. I think that was I all was I like, had to say. I think that Carrie, was it. I think that was our yeah. Was our Carrie moment. is awesome. Mm-hmm. You should read it. Okay, I'm done. Five cool. buckets of pig blood out of five buckets of pig blood. Oh yeah, five buckets of pig blood. Damn straight. Also, go because Honey. oh my gosh, I love the book you read and I'm so excited. I so I read Misery this week. Mm-hmm. Mm, which so I had seen the movie many, many times growing up. Oh, like, I still haven't seen it. I can't believe you haven't seen it. I know. So after finishing the book today, I was like, I'll, I'll watch the movie again. I felt so shortchanged. <laughs> I was so upset with the movie. And like, I got home and I was still muttering about like this one specific detail that was like in the book, but not in the movie, but it didn't make sense why it wasn't in the movie because it doesn't <laughs> length to it. Like, yeah. So what I really, really love about the book is basically that. Like, I get to see, like, what's happening behind the scenes. Because in the movie, it's all just, like, surface. It's mm-hmm. so surface. Because it's it's a book about this. So I'll back up a little bit. I'm just so excited right now. Yeah. <laughs> this writer is the writer of this Misery series. And I think there's, like, seven, eight books, something like that. Mm-hmm. So he finishes the Misery series by killing off Misery right? And he is stoked to be done with misery. And as an author, I'm sure you feel like you're stuck in like a specific rut or a genre and you want to yeah. move on or show that you can do other things. Yeah. Especially if it went on for way more books than you thought. Like maybe like if it was, if you're doing, if you're doing a trilogy and you had planned it all along, like, yeah, maybe sure. But if you're like, that's how I feel about like Alex Cross. Yeah. Like, do we really need another Alex Cross book? Right. But and anyway, I'm sure as the writer, it feels like that too. Mm-hmm. Like you're just like, you go into their world, you write another story, whatever. Um, I'm not sure. So the eight is from the movie because I watched it after reading the book. So I'm not mm-hmm. sure if eight is like the actual number because it did mess up a lot of details in the movie. Mm-hmm. I can't remember um, either. And I can't remember for sure, but there's quite a few books in the yeah. Misery series. So Paul is the writer for the Misery series, Paul Sheldon, and he is going to this like little town in Colorado to go write his next book. It's not Misery related because he's killed off Misery in the last book. He's ready to be done with her. He finishes this new book called Fast Cars. 
Um, and he's like so proud of it. And he's like, I'm going to leave. I'm going to head back to New York. Like I'm going to show it to my publisher. Like I'm ready to like move on with my life. But as he's heading back to New York, there's like a blizzard because it's like Colorado where he is. And so he like reaches for a pack of cigarettes and like leans over too far in his car and like goes off the road. Right. Mm. Not good. No. He, uh, it's kind of like broken up here. Cause you know, like he's in a car accident. He's pretty like confused yeah. or whatever. So basically this lady finds him and there's just so many amazing things about this scene. Like just her finding him is amazing. Like, I'm not sure if she caused his accident, but basically mm-hmm. he's found by his number one fan. Yeah. This woman is like, I just saved your life. I brought you into my home because there's a blizzard out. Like, I'm going to help yeah. fix you up. You're going to be totally fine. It's her best day ever. Basically. She's like living the dream right now. Mm-hmm. So, because when he finally comes to, and it's not just like a series of scattered images and pain, um, he's like in this room and this lady's talking to him and he's like, I have no idea who you are. And she's like, oh, I'm your number one fan. Like, mm-hmm. I, I saved your life. Like, look at your legs. And he looks down at his legs in horror because they are just like totally janked together. And so she tells him like, oh, I'm a, I'm a nurse, you know, like the, the phones are down. There's a huge storm or whatever. I'm just going to take care of you until we can get you to a hospital or something. Like, it's going to be totally fine. Um, in the book, it's very clear pretty quickly that she's not planning on taking him anywhere Mm -hmm. no one is coming for him he is very very much kidnapped yeah um in the movie not so much oh it really came across as like oh yeah no i'm totally gonna call somebody it's totally Mm. gonna be fine so while i was watching the movie the whole time i was just like that's a lie (laughs) yeah you're like no escape all you can (laughs) um take your chances with the elements right so like in the book just like right off the bat like there's something off with this lady. Like she gives him CPR and he describes her breath as just like rancid and awful and sickly because she does CPR. Right. So he literally has like her breath in his lungs, but like you miss all of those details Mm -hmm. that like show how terrible that she really is. Like she's nuts. Like Kathy Bates is amazing at playing nuts, but like she's got, and nothing on Annie Wilkes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so basically, throughout the book, she, so Annie, when she first kidnaps him, has not read the new Misery, so she doesn't know that Misery dies, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. she kidnaps him and she picks up the new book and she's like, "I'm almost done with the new book. Like, I'm loving it. It's the best one yet. Like, you're totally getting better, even though I'm getting you hooked on pain meds called Navril because I know I'm going to say it later." Um. Navril is his ad- addiction. It's it's insane. So she basically gets him hooked on drugs while she's reading his new book. And I don't know what her plan is at this point. Like, is she just going to keep him forever? Does she really think she's going to let him go? Like, maybe she just thinks she's actually helping him out and he'll just love her. I don't yeah. know. So she finishes the book and finds out Misery's dead. So she goes into this, like, rage because she's obviously some sort of bipolar manic person. Mm -hmm. Like, he found this, like, article that said that, like, she had been in trial. Mm -hmm. Like, in New... uh, I don't remember where. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. She's been in trial for, like, suspicious behavior, but he didn't really know, like, specifically what was going on because she Mm -hmm. mentioned it, basically. Um, Later, he finds out more information about that, but we'll get to it. So she finds out Misery's dead. And she goes just nuts on him. And <laughs> she's like, you're going to rewrite it. 
Like you're going to fix it. Cause she's also read the novel that he just finished while he was mm-hmm. at the hotel before the accident. So she makes him burn his new novel because she was like, this is garbage. People swear in it. I don't like it. It's not yeah. misery. And yeah. you killed off misery. So she makes him burn his new novel that he doesn't have a second copy of. And then she makes him write a new misery in which he brings her back to life. But like, in a realistic or fair, she calls it fair. I'm doing air quotes, um, in a yeah. fair way. Like, yeah, I can't just can't, like magic him back or magic her back or whatever. Right. It can't just yeah. be like, Oh, actually the doctor did show up on time. Just kidding. It didn't happen. She's just mm-hmm. like, no, like it has to pick up where you stopped. You know what I mean? Which yeah. as a reader, I agree. No. Oh, yeah. Like, I do. It, it when I read sense. the book, I, ag- I agreed with her. I was like, well, I mean, she's crazy, but she's not wrong, but she's also right here. Yeah, exactly. So she's got him rewriting this novel and he writes it in the cheat way, (laughs) the cheat way the first time around where he was just like, oh yeah, the doctor totally showed up on time and she was actually just fine. So uh, she makes him start all over again. So this entire time she's basically torturing him because whenever he doesn't do like what she wants him to do, she'll do crazy stuff like leave for a really long time. So he doesn't have any of his pain meds and he doesn't have any food and he starts going nuts. And so like most of this book is honestly just Paul Sheldon like rolling into insanity. Mm-hmm. Like trying to escape for a while but then losing his will because Annie is so nuts it's not worth it. Like he tries, um, like he, he leaves his room a few different times trying to like test the doors, but she's got like police industrial locks on Mm -hmm. all of her doors. Like he can't really go anywhere and he's in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. His legs are broken. Yeah. And they're like not set. Right. Yeah. Right. Because like I said, when he saw like his mangled legs the first time, he was like horrified because like she literally just like found whatever pipe she could around her house and just like kind of like jankly put together like what's it called like a brace mm-hmm. oh my god i'm just like picturing this and like the way he explains it is that like his legs are like all these weird angles so yeah like, like she like made the brace to like fit his broken leg instead of like putting his broken leg back actually to a setting straight. His legs. Yeah. Right. So like he's he's hooked on her drugs, which are like high quality pain meds because mm-hmm. she used to be a nurse, but she's obviously not anymore considering yeah. this whole trial situation. He's got broken legs, both of them. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's pretty freaking out of it. So he he attempts to like look around, find his way out. It's obviously not going to happen. So he was just like all right, I guess I'm just going to write my novel. So, like, he basically gets to a point where he's just, like, Stockholm syndromed. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't want to make her mad, but he does a few times. And she ends up, like, cutting off other parts. I don't know how far I want to go. Like, spoilery. But, like, she gets pretty nuts with him. Mm-hmm. She gets pretty nuts. If I was Paul, I would have lost my damn mind. Yeah. Or my temper on her. But he actually does a really good job of, like, playing her. Um, so for his books, because he's a writer, he was researching psychosis. And so throughout the book of Misery, the Stephen King book, not his book. Wow, that gets a little confusing, actually. <laughs> it, it does when you go to try and like tell somebody about trying to explain and you're like, it. It's like misery, it's like misery-ception. Um <laughs> misery-ception. I love it. <sighs> Anyways, so he's done some like research on psychosis, and so he has like some ideas and like tricks on to like what he should say to like appease annie because like 
he starts referring to her as like the goddess because she's basically in charge of his world and can like destroy him or make him better. Like honestly. Um, Mm -hmm. So he just, he basically just like gives up and starts writing misery and I don't really want to give the ending away, but stuff goes down and people are looking for him because you know, he's a major artist or a major author. Like, he's a famous author. Like, eventually Mm -hmm. someone's looking for him. And so, like, well, that's the focal point of the movie, that people are looking for him. Oh. That's, like, the focal point of the movie. That seems... It's not discussed at all. No, because it's from his point of view, basically. Like, the whole book is him. He wouldn't know. Right. So Like, like he's probably, like, hopeful, right? But then at some point in time, he's going to have to be like, well, everyone either thinks I'm dead or that I've ran off to live in a cave. Exactly. So, like, as yeah. he's descending into insanity, he plays this game called Can You, which, like, has helped him as an author, right? Mm-hmm. And was, like, a childhood game that you would, like, just, like, make up stories or whatever, as kids did in, like, the 40s or whatever when he grew up, because he's older. Um, so, he's basically playing this game where he, in Can You, is basically, like, can you finish the scenario? Like, can you escape from this thing? Like, by weaving a story that makes logical sense Mm -hmm. so he plays this game while he's going into insanity and he's like imagining these scenarios in which like someone's found his car or someone's worried about him being missing or all of these things but like he doesn't have any idea if anyone's missing him she doesn't turn on the news she like rolls in the television like every night from 7 to 8 p.m so they can watch like mash Mm -hmm. That's like, of course, like the mass, extent yeah. of his outside exposure because they're in this like tiny little town on the mountains, and she has mentioned some neighbors, but like she's just got some animals, and it's just her. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no one around to hear him scream, which he does a lot in the book. Yeah. Also, something I think was missing from the movies was like James Con was not desperate enough. Oh. And he was mm-hmm. sassy. He would like sass back to Kathy oh. Bates in the movie and I was just like absolutely not he would not do no. that because he's Annie would far too afraid that. from his life. Annie yeah. would have lost her shit. Yeah. Like so that's like my been my biggest issue with the movie is like yeah I get the perspective like it's very hard to show like someone's like internal mind mm-hmm. as they go crazy but like that's the entire point of this. Yeah. And like it's fascinating to watch him as it's like Stephen King as an author explaining an author going into insanity mm-hmm. and like he does such a good job of explaining like his, probably his own writer's block yeah and like probably his own like hang-ups about being an author so I mm-hmm. thought that part was particularly interesting because it's kind of like Stephen King imagining himself being in this scenario yeah I remember when Stephen I read it for King, the first like time his own, can you yeah I was like is this your life did this happen yeah what? yeah exactly and like that's, that's how I felt yeah, I kind of felt that way with the Carrie movie, too, because a lot of the book is, like, what she's thinking, and that can't, I mean, obviously that can't, I mean, you could make it come across in the movies, but that, like, didn't really come across at all. Like, some of the things she said out loud instead, which it made sense for plot development, but that was part of it, and then, but yeah, either way, I do still really want to see the uh, Misery movie. I loved that book when I read it. I mean, I honestly have always loved Stephen King movies, but after, like, reading the book and then watching the movie, I felt like it was just missing so much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm just like, how much have I missed in the past? Because, like, 
Rose Red, that's another Stephen King one that I've watched the movie a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Like Carrie, that's another one I've watched a bunch. Of, like I've yeah. seen so many set Pet Cemetery. I've never read yeah. any of these books, and like while it's not scary, like I would expect, mm-hmm. it's got like it's just the way he describes things is amazing. Like yeah. I tried Salem's Lot though, which I think is one of his older ones. I'll have to look yeah, up. Yeah, it's date. inside the um book, my Carrie book. It's in there. Uh, December twenty seventh, two thousand eleven. So of that book, that's when Salem's Lot came out. 2011, ba- really? Yeah, that's what the back of my Stephen King book says. What? The- Honestly, I thought it was going to be one of his older ones because I tried reading Salem's Lot and I just couldn't get into it. I wonder if that's true though, because this is also saying that The Stand came out in 2011 and Night Shift came out in 2011, and that The Shining came out in 2012. That cannot be right at all. Hold on, I'm googling. Salem's Lot original. Oh, uh, that's when it came out in mass market paperback. It was in fall of 2011. Mm. Now that I'm like reading the page next to the picture. 1975, October 1975. Yeah, that makes the original was, Salem's Lot. Yeah, because I know that he wrote Carrie and I think also Misery. He wrote them when he was drinking, which is why <laughs> I could see that. <laughs> if you read some of his newer stuff, it's not quite as dark. And while I. I'm happy that he found sobriety. It's kind of a bummer in a personal, selfish way. Well, you know how you just said that, like, when you were reading Misery, you felt like, is this your life? Like, did this happen to you? Mm -hmm. I just looked at the dedication. I have questions. Oh, what is it? It says, this is for Stephanie and Jim Leonard, who know why. Boy, do they. Oh. What happened, Stephen? Yeah. Tell us, Stephanie. What happened? Like, I have so many questions, but, like, I don't know. I I honestly just, like, thoroughly enjoyed this book. But, like, okay, so while Kathy Bates in the movie does a really good job when those, like, flip moments do happen, Mm -hmm. like, there's so many of those little moments that are just, like, just blow my mind. Hold on. I have one bookmarked. I, I can't even. Okay. So here, she's just nuts. Like, she just has zero grasp on reality and, like, how he's actually feeling. Like, she's obviously crazy. Oh, mm-hmm. she did even find that – or she did. She made – he found that book that she had, that her scrapbook. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? So Tell she me has, like, it. a memory lane scrapbook that one of the times that he – I totally forgot about this until just now as I was skimming through the book – so one of the times while he was out of his room and trying to find a way out, but he ended up just like getting food and stuff because she was gone for a really long time. Um, and he got a knife, you know, just in case mm-hmm. he saw this book and it was like memory lane, memory lane. And he's like, Oh, I wonder what kind of memories she would put in her memory lane. And yeah. he starts going through and like, at first it's really sweet. It's like her parents wedding announcement and like her birth announcement and her brothers whose name is Paul as well, which is also a little creepy. Oh, that's kind of weird. Um, and then he starts getting to ones that's like, patient died, patient died, patient died, infant died, person died. And he's like, are these people she murdered? Mm. She basically has Munchausen's. Yeah. Like she gets attention because she kills other people. Mm-hmm. But she thinks she's doing something okay. And like, she would add like her own like commentary and like the sidebars, it was just uh, like she had like silly words that she would use, like cockadoodie. 
Mm-hmm. She'd be like, they're cockadoody brats. It was fine. Like, yeah, she like justifies it. That's yeah, because she was like she justifies it. Yeah, because they were either like bad people or it was like I mean, she's also dirty birdies. Yeah, it's another one. People were dirty birdies. Mm-hmm. Like him killing off misery made him a dirty birdie. I was like, okay, first of all, dirty birdie is like something like very inappropriate, not just like. I don't like what you just did right now. Yeah, because wasn't that also why she was like, oh, you don't need to worry about my neighbors because they hate me because basically she's crazy. But then she like had one of her like weird words for the neighbor or something. Yeah, she's got some weird, weird words. Yeah. Um, but like, th- anyways, like this section right here, she's just nuts. Okay. All right. This is a quote from this book. She had cut his thumb off in the morning, and that night she swept gaily into the room where he sat in the stupid days of drugs and pain with his wrapped left hand against his chest, and she had a cake, and she was bellowing, happy birthday to you, in her on-key but tuneless voice, although it was not his birthday, and there were candles all over the cake, and sitting in the exact center, pushing into the frosting like an extra big candle, had been his thumb, his gray dead thumb the nail slightly ragged because he sometimes chewed it i forgot it was his thumb when he said that she cut something (sighs) off his body i was like i can't remember what it was yeah like but like just that detail alone is something that no movie can capture no it's yeah it's not gonna get it right and like as well as kathy bates did from flipping to like cheery to nuts like, mm-hmm. you can't capture that kind of insanity. <laughs> yeah. Like, so it really blew my mind. Like, this book blew my mind because mm-hmm. I've seen the movie, like, at least a dozen times. Yeah. That is the thing about Carrie um, is that Sissy, whatever her last name is, who plays Carrie. Spacek. Sissy Spacek. did a fantastic job. Like, she is the perfect Carrie. You think? Like, you, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I saw the movie today. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did so good. That's good. Yeah, and up until, like, the end of the movie, there was only, like, small things that they changed that really annoyed me. Like, the color of her prom dress that she makes is supposed mm-hmm. to be red, mm-hmm. and in the movie it's pink. And I was like, that's stupid, but okay, whatever. Um, but Visual. the end of the movie is completely different than the end of the book. The end of really? the book is bat shit fucking crazy the end of the movie is like oh you ran out of time okay i guess whatever and like the blood dumping on scene like in the book it is so well described that you can like perfectly picture and granted i have like a very vivid imagination like i've fought people and been like that was a movie i saw it and i google it and i'm like oh no it was that book i read the book my bad just kidding I can read a book. Yeah, and I'm like, no, it's a movie. Like, I pictured that blood scene, like, where it dumps on top of them. Like, it, oh my gosh. And then you, like, see it in there, and I was like, you did such a bad job. But she did a really good job. She was a very good Carrie. But no, seriously, yeah, if you love that movie, you need to read the book because the ending alone is, like, completely worth it. Can I trouble you for an excerpt from the bloody scene? Yeah, let me okay so it's so it goes on like for like way longer and like kind of helps like build it way more but um so this is the part where um 
yeah, where it basically happens. Well, I guess, really, so you know that it happens kind of, like, earlier in the book a little bit, because when mm -hmm. it, and then it cut, like I was saying, the book kind of jumps back and forth, but this is a really good right. one. So it's, um, and it happened so quickly that no one really knew what was happening. We were all standing and applauding and singing the school song. Then, and the person who's telling the story, whatever, it doesn't really matter. Um, Oh, I guess I should just read that part. Okay. Then I was at the usher's table just inside the main doors looking at the stage. There was a sparkle as the, uh, as the big lights over the stage apron reflected on something metallic. I was standing with Tina Blake and Stella Horn, and I think they saw it too. All at once, there was a huge red splash in the air. Some of it hit the mural and ran in long drips. I knew right away, even before it hit him, that it was blood. Stella Horn thought it was paint, but I had a premonition, just like the time my brother got hit by a hay truck. They were drenched. Carrie got it the worst. She looked exactly like she had been dipped in a bucket of red paint. She just sat there. She never moved. The band that was closest to the stage, Josie and the Moonglows, got splattered. The lead guitarist had a white instrument, and it splattered all over it. I said, my God, that's blood! Um, but yeah, and so then it just like kind of goes on to this whole thing about like, um, cause then, and it does, it happens like this in the movie where everyone is just like staring and then they start like nervous laughing and like can't stop it. Um, and so then, um, it was raw and hysterical and awful. That was about the laughter. And then at the same instant, Carrie opened her eyes wide. Mm. Yeah. Which is like. She freaking... I can just picture it. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, as you've been, like, going, you're just like, oh, my gosh. And so then she's, like, running away, and, like, she's got all this blood on her, and it, like, there's, like, a whole bunch of other parts that just, like, go on about how she, like, ran past people, and you can just, like, like this one, you could smell the blood. It smelled like something sick and rotted. <sighs> and, like, yeah, and, like, she had slipped, and she was, like, leaving long red streaks of blood everywhere. So yeah oh it just gosh. like it's one of those ones that like and you just keep going and you're like oh my gosh yeah holy wow i was gonna borrow this book from you but now i think i just should start like a stephen king bookshelf yeah <laughs> honestly i should just like go to a local bookstore and pick up all the stephen king books i can find because mm -hmm. i own misery and stephen or uh, salem's lot but i yeah. definitely need carrie obviously yeah. yeah you should go to a used bookstore i got it for four i'm bucks. ready <laughs> yeah four bucks mm -hmm. hell yes yeah we got we have a uh, we have a Stephen King shelf. I haven't read you any of the books on it because Misery, the oh. my copy of Misery, is on my bookshelf. But oh, I see. Yeah. Um, you could also check out. Um, I'm just gonna plug this for everybody because I think it's awesome. They're not sponsoring us, but they totes should. That'd be so awesome. Uh, Thriftbooks.com. So it's Ooh. like an online bookstore. <gasps> Why would you tell me this? Yeah, so it's like an online used bookstore, and it's free shipping if you spend 10 bucks. Dangerous. Yeah, and, like, most books are, like, I think the cheapest is, they're, like, three ninety nine for, like, Acceptable, which I'm like, dude, it's a used book. I, acceptable is fine. I don't care. I'll take Acceptable. Yeah. It means it's well-loved. Yeah, they even have, like, new books for, like, 12 and stuff like that. That's so. really good. Yeah. Anyways, everyone should check them out. Oh, uh, yeah. So. But yeah, yeah, if you're go for interested it. <laughs> in other books that uh, we've read or are reading, you can check out our website, isn'titpastyourbedtime.com. We have a new blog section, Ooh. and uh, you can see what else we've got going on, because Krista and I are never just reading one book. 
yeah so we'll be putting up other books that we've read and ones you should read and ones you should definitely avoid yep and if you missed any of our past picks those are going to be posted too in our archive mm-hmm. uh if you oh gosh i just hit my mic um if you want to reach out on the social medias we're on instagram at isn't it past your bedtime and on twitter at iipyb underscore pod reach out let us know what your favorite stephen king book is the only other stephen king book i've read other than carrie and misery is it so i have a lot of stephen king catching up to do so let me know which one i should read next and also go ahead and rate us on yeah. itunes if you like our show we'd really appreciate it yeah that would be awesome yeah. we also have an exciting new thing that we're going to do for the month of october we're going to have some extra little shorter episodes that are going to come up that are like spooky stories i think our first one actually went up <gasps> like five days ago oh my gosh from so the future content in the past oh my gosh recording is weird calendars are hard calendars are hard anyways bye guys bye go to bed read stephen king but then you'll stay so up all bed. night but go to bed you got to work in the morning probably so probably yeah work is dumb i mean i guess you could just and you'll be tired at work it's fine call out reading yeah sorry reading book can't come yeah you don't feel good because you're so sleepy they don't need to, they don't need to know why you don't feel good can't go in uh my wrist is so sore from holding this book up all night my eyes hurt so bad uh, from reading too late can't keep them open can't help <laughs> all right bye guys bye